What's going on, golf addicts? Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast for the Chuck Schwab, Charlie Schwab, Charles Schwab Challenge 2021 from Colonial Country Club in lovely Fort Worth, Dallas, wherever, Tejas. We're going to break down all the DraftKings action. As always, presented to you by our friends at fantasynational.com slash TJ, the go-to spot for all your golf uh, data, stats, everything you need. If you're betting on the PGA Tour, if you're playing any sort of DFS at any level on the PGA Tour, you have to have a Fantasy National subscription. If you just have to, okay? You can get a weekly subscription, you can get a monthly subscription, or an annual subscription. And either way, if you get it and you save the 20% off because you go to our link and then you love it and you upgrade to the monthly or the annual membership, you get to keep the 20% off, keep it rolling, keep it moving. We've been using Fantasy National for over four years now. We trust them. They get all their data straight from the PGA Tour, shot link data, all licensed from the PGA Tour, so you know it's good. They got live leaderboard stats if you're doing showdown stuff. They got ownership projections, lineup optimizers, head-to-head matchup betting tools. Uh, it, it's just everything you need. So for all your golf stat stuff, go to fantasynational.com TJ. Sign up from that link. Save yourself 20% off and help your boys out, okay? Help your boys out because you know what? We ain't win no dollars off of Phil Mickelson winning the PGA Championship, mm-hmm. although it was amazing and no one won any dollars because Phil Mickelson won the PGA Championship. I mean, honestly, that was one of the best uh, best things about him winning, Pat, is you didn't have any tout-touting is, uh, is what I yeah, call it. You didn't have it any was great. No tout-touting on social media saying, you know, oh, another outright hit. We hammered this guy. Yeah, you you had, had none of that. Because no one was on 200 to – I even I even saw 300 to 1 pre-tournament Philly Mick. Okay, nobody was on. Nobody's talking about him. Now, granted, we are definitely guilty of tout-touting. We, we do it all the time. Um, and, and had we had Phil Mickelson, we would be insufferable to the people. Absolutely. Th- this podcast would be insufferable had we chosen Phil Mickelson pre-tournament. Uh, but 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 when it's somebody else, we can't stand it, you know. So no tout touting. Yeah. That was a huge benefit. Uh, Pat, I mean, I, I guess I'll start with you, man. I, I just, how does it feel to have a fellow, you know, senior citizen or approaching senior citizen mm-hmm. win a golf, win a major, one of the toughest majors in history? I saw the World Golf Ranking people uh, tweeted out that this was the eighth strongest field in PGA Tour history. How does it feel to have an, uh, an older fellow like yourself take that down? Well, you know, I appreciate that, DB. It mm-hmm. feels good. It feels good to see the older folks um, take something down. First off, though, uh, I got to show my shirt because I'm feeling good tonight. So, Ooh. But you know what? Not, not tonight, ladies. Not tonight. Nope. I'm just, I'm just here, here to get, to get drunk. drunk. <laughs> it's my favorite shirt. I haven't worn it in a while, though. There's going to be a guy uh, comment about that. I, I noticed there was some tool commenting in our uh, YouTube show last week that uh, that that – we should respect our audience and not be drunk on the podcast. Oh, okay. Sorry it was on the that. betting show, which last week's betting show went like right over the cliff of the roller coaster real quick. Um, yeah. Well, anyway. guess, guess what? It's uh, that's not changing. Um, yeah. I mean, it was great to see Mickelson win. I mean, and you know what? There were some signs. There were some signs that you could have pointed to. As a matter of fact, I think Ben said that there was, you know, in the 10 facts that we put out every Monday, usually unless Ben's late. Then we put it out Tuesday. Like this one. I think Mickelson, yeah, I think Mickelson did show up a couple times and we saw him have a good round at Quail Hollow a few weeks ago. But um it's just amazing when he wins too. Like he is the people's champ and it it mm. showed in every way on that course. And it, you know, it was like when you saw like when with all the fans there and everything and how they how they kind of gathered in at the end and, and behind them and all that kind of stuff. It was like COVID ended. It's almost like I felt like COVID ended on uh, on Sunday, you know, like at least down here. And I know it's not over and I know it's a serious thing, but it was nice to see like people hugging again and like cheering again together like that. And like, you know, just like I mean, it was it was now I will say this. I got to say something here. I'm a little disappointed in the South Carolina fans that were in that in that crowd. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. I, I wanted to talk about that. So tell me, tell me, tell me your thoughts on that. First of all, speaking okay. of South Carolina rowdiness, what's your podcast use tonight? What you got? I just got a, a beer tonight. I'm going to drink several. I'm going. I'm. I'm. I'm uh, celebrating Phil. I'm actually celebrating a nice weekend myself. We'll get to it in a minute. 
Um, but I, I'm drinking a little tequila tonight. So, and, and this is going to get refilled pretty shortly. So I'm, I'm pumped tonight. Yeah. I'm ready to go. I feel great. Yeah, I feel almost fully recovered from COVID. Speaking of that. That's All right. Good. So your yeah. thoughts on the crowd. I, the crowd was disappointing to me. Now I, I like a rowdy crowd. I, I'm okay with that, but there was almost, it was like, I mean, the get in the holes, the, you know, that guy, the, the, the Baba Booey guy, it was like triple and i thought like maybe we might see you know like a, a little bit better crowds as far as golf knowledge and it was like it was just a huge fraternity party or something like i, I don't know what happened like if they went to all the fraternities in the south and just said hey we got this golf tournament at kiowa and we're gonna we're gonna put you up at uh the motel six and we're gonna fill it up with some white claws and some things like that. And, and we just go, then we're going to just like bus you to the golf tournament. Like, that's what I felt like happened. It, it was like, it was like a white claw, you know, whatever festival it, it was. Uh, but I mean, it's kind of a bro fest. It was, it was like a bro fest. Uh, okay. First of all, you sound a little bit like an old stodgy golf media guy. I'm not, I'm not going to, Hey, gonna look, lie. I like crowds. I like crowds. Yeah. But I, you know what? I don't know. I mean, part of me was like, so I'm seeing all the, th- I'm on Twitter literally all day on Sunday, watching the tournament on Twitter, having a good time, watch a ton of great content out there on Twitter. There was a, a ton of accounts that were just slaying Twitter. Um, but, you know, I'm seeing all the comments about, about it. And it's part, my first reaction is almost like, you know, we've all been cooped up for a year and a half. Like we've all been cooped True. up. And while Good things point. have opened much faster in the South, and crowds have been back much sooner in the South than a lot of other places around the country, it, everybody was just ready to, like, I'm sure everybody on the ground, if I felt it sitting at home, if I felt the weight of, man, this actually feels normal, like, this feels normal, this is a major championship that feels normal, and it feels right, and it feels good. And I've missed it. I feel like the last time I saw it was in 2019 with Tiger, although I know, I know there was other majors after that, but like it just it was so electric because you had Phil and you had all the stars aligning, this beautiful golf course, beautiful setting, incredible setup, uh, incredible names on the leaderboard, Phil Mickelson at the top, and all these thousands of people that have been pinned up, and, and a lot of them probably hadn't been to a concert yet or hadn't been to a big event. you know. And I, and I just kind of felt like, if I'm feeling the weight of that sitting on my couch, I can't imagine what it was like to be there. And, and we had some people there. We had some friends we knew that were there. And we were getting some video content from some of them, uh, sharing yeah. some, some fun stuff about what was going on on the ground. It was interesting. I mean, I hate the Baba Booey. Like, yeah, I hate that guy. I do hate that. I That's will. the point I'm trying to – like, I love the crowd and the rowdiness. I'm, I mean, look. You know me. <laughs> I mean, I am not yes, I one to shy away from a good party. It's it's the Baba Booey guy that was. They were. I mean, they were loud and proud, and they were out there like crazy over the weekend. I mean, it was. I mean, the outburst from the crowd, like the individual outburst, were over the top. I mean, again, I love a big crowd like that, and I love how much fun they were having. And Phil, you know, I mean, he he contributed to that. But Phil adds to there, it. I mean, he he adds yeah, to it. He adds to it. But there there was just a little too much Baba Booey guy in that in that uh in that audience. Now I will say this: one of our friends on the ground sent us a picture, and he said uh, it was just a picture of a water bottle. And I was like, "What? He's on the course. You could see the course, the water bottle." So what? Why are you sending us a picture of a water bottle? Was this on accident? And he said, no, uh, boys, Tito's drink, uh, one shot, one, like a, not, a, not a double, a single Tito's drink at the PGA Championship is $17 plus tax. The mistake the PGA made is they, will, they would allow you to bring in one water bottle when you enter the grounds, I guess, for hydration Ooh. purposes. Yes. And he goes, my bottle do- does not have water in it. It has Tito's in it. And I'm pretty sure that by Sunday, most of that crowd had figured that out. And, you know, you're bringing in 16.9 fluid ounces of Tito's in that bad boy and having a good time. And, and, and also, I mean, hell, I'd be drunk just knowing I'm saving $17 every time, you know, every time I hit one of those. I mean, that's probably, you probably saved yourself like 50 something bucks just in the, in the bottle of water. So I'd be, I'd be happy because I did that. Um, they had less fans there than, you know, because obviously with, with COVID restrictions, 
do you do you think where does that rank as the most the drunkest crowds <laughs> there's ever been? Okay. Like, I mean, it was up there. It was up there. I actually want to go on a slight little mini rant here. I promise this won't take long. We'll move on. Not about the drunkenness. Well, a little bit. I, I tell you what, I didn't like seeing on Twitter. I get so sick of the pompous ass, arrogant guy and girls. Saw those too. Forgive me if this was you and you're a listener, and no offense to you. But getting on Twitter and going, all these dumb rednecks, all these dumbass rednecks, you know, all these dumbass Southerners up here, you know, hooting and hollering and stuff. And I'm like, guys, there's a little recency bias here. Like, let's talk about crowds for a second. New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, infamous crowds. New York and New Jersey, infamous golf crowds, not just. The NFL. I mean, you know, ask, ask the worst stadiums to be a fan and attend a game in any NFL stadium. It's Philly and it's New York, right? Like, that, that, those are the worst spots. Maybe, maybe Oakland back in the day. Don't give me this Southerner redneck bull because any golf tournament played in New Jersey that's hot and heavy with a, stack, a major championship, uh, President's Cup, Ryder Cup, whatever, you get the same thing. Golfers, golf fans like to go drink. That's what we like to do. If we're playing golf, we like hey, to drink. Yes. But Mark in the chat, I got it. He brought up a good point because yeah. I'm not even thinking about Phoenix. 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 Thank you. I Mark. mean, that's hello. Like, like yeah. I mean, trust me, there are not a lot of like Georgia and South Carolinians making their way to TPC Scottsdale every year to overrun that place with drunken redneck behavior. Give me a freaking break. Like that crap pisses me off. They just think that, you know, it's just all the dumb rednecks. But you do that shit. Every, ter- every tournament, you know, up in the Northeast, the-, the Phoenix event. And you know what? I don't care. I'm not, on, I'm not on Twitter going, oh, look at all these Yankees up here. Do-, you know, no offense to producer Sam, pro- uh, producer dad Sam. I'm not doing all that. <laughs> like, if you're a big golf fan and you're paying your money to get there, you probably like to get on the golf course and drink. You do it with your buddies when you play, and you want to go do it when you're going to watching golf. Like, so I just I hate that, that pompous attitude on Twitter circulating around. I didn't comment on any of it because I didn't want to get into it, but it did make me mad and I wrote it down. So that's, that's my soapbox. I'm getting off. Uh, I'm good. I think we need to I talk. I didn't realize we're going to have this much fan talk, but that's, that's good. I, see, you know, it was, last, last thing I'll a, say is apparently Brooks didn't like the fans. So, uh, oh you know, Brooks makes his comment about afterwards, you know, um, there were some fans going for my knee or, or bumping into my knee. Ricky Elliott, uh, had to kind of make a quick move or something real quick, and in the bag bumped uh, Brooks. I read um, thoughts on Kepka and his response to that whole thing. Yeah, I I, I was a little disappointed in that response. I, I thought that uh, Kepka could have just like, I, I mean, it's just another reason to me that he's just not a guy that I like to pull for. I think he's an excellent golfer, and he comes to play in majors. And, you know, he's an incredible player, but there's just not a whole lot about him. I mean, he's like the opposite of Phil. He's literally the opposite of Phil. And, and he has no personality. And it just, it, like, that, those kind of comments bother me, okay? And then, like, I saw, I saw somebody tweet out about it, and then the response was, well, this guy didn't have a problem with it, speaking about the knee. And it was Tiger when he freaking won a major. <laughs> yeah. It was a U.S. Open, you know, like hobbling on his knee. And he didn't have any problems with it. So, I mean, look, I, I just, Brooks I, is whatever. I was a little surprised by it. I mean, let's be honest. Brooks, as the ultimate alpha male in PGA Tour golf right now, got out alpha by Phil, who arguably, other than Tiger, is the greatest alpha to ever play on the PGA Tour. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a mind game playing SOB when he's in the hunt and you're playing with him. And he did it all day to Brooks. Um, and he just, I think Phil just made him a beta. Like it, he really, did. I, I was very he surprised really that he, that he kind of was, he kind of complained like that. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, the whole, th- the whole fact that Brooks played like he played blows me away because it feels like he kind of suckered us all into this. Like, I mean, it, he hadn't played in a month. And when he did play a month ago, He's like doing like he's like squatting down and leaving one leg straight and like lunging like it was the worst thing in the world. 
he's milking it in the interviews a little bit, even though he kind of like acts like he's a tough guy and it doesn't matter. But then he wants to use it for himself at the, you know, at the end when people are bumping into him. I mean, I saw somebody comment like nobody was like Tanya Harding him Harding him out there. Like, I don't know how to make that a verb. <laughs> But like there was no there was no drunk redneck out there, you know, smacking him in the knee with a lead pipe or anything. Um, I, I don't know. It, it was very interesting to me. I'm interested to hear from you guys in the comments. This would be good. This is good for the this is, you know, do it for the algorithm. OK, uh, in the comments, give us your thoughts on Brooks. Are you are you do you kind of understand do you kind of see where he's coming from? Do you kind of not put that in the comments on YouTube? If you're watching live, first of all, thank you for watching live. We appreciate it. But wait until after the show's over to drop that comment in because it helps the algorithm. Helps more people see the TJ show, and that's what we want. Spread the TJ gospel. Help us out. Leave a comment. By the way, uh, I did pick a winner from last week's show, and I, I, I replied to your comment on YouTube. So check that out. Uh, email us. I know who you are. So, yeah. What do you think about Brooks? Was he just being a, was he just being a whatever? Uh, we, don't have to, we don't have to belabor that. I think, listen, I, I do want to say this. Um, how about Ricky too? Well, I don't want to get into Ricky, but I'm I'm very excited about the possibility that Ricky. I did um I did text I, Pat. I didn't put you on the text, but I did text with Ricky's oh, coach. Thanks. Appreciate that. Appreciate yeah. that. I did text with Ricky's coach JT, and I just said, "Congratulations, man! Like, good to see Ricky have a have a week." And he said, "All he responded, you know, JT, he doesn't say say yeah, much." I'm just the, yeah. grateful he responded. He rarely responds. Uh, he just all he said was, uh, "We coming." So I don't know. I don't know what that means. Like maybe maybe Ricky finally found something. This is what I was going to say in terms of DFS. I think this is interesting to remember. I, w- I want us to let's bank this for the next major. Okay. First of all, your perfect lineup in, in DraftKings would have included Phil, obviously Brooks, obviously Usti, Justin Rose, Padraig Harrington, and Paul Casey. You would have scored 529 points. You would have only spent 46 thousand three hundred dollars on your DraftKings lineup and your ownership total would have been around like 35 percent but just look at that phil rose and harrington to me are the three that you're just like what what i mean (laughs) what harrington is in the perfect lineup now casey was your chalk casey probably took up half of that 35 percent ownership at least. And yeah. we said on this show, Casey was chalk worth eating. I was on him all day long. I loved Casey. But Padraig Harrington, like Justin Rose, a big question mark. You know, I, I said that I, th- I thought he did well in the Masters coming off a long layoff because it's the Masters. And it's like the place where course history can come alive. And a guy like him can just do his thing. But I mean, Phil, I mean, it was an unbelievable, unbelievable. And let me just say, like, what are we doing? What? Phil Mickelson won, won a major championship, and we are trying to pick winners on this, on this, damn, this damn thing we're doing. Like, yeah. It makes me just go, what? Patrick Harrington was in the P- – Stuart Sink has won twice this year. Phil's winning. Like, what, what are we doing? I mean – This is why it's important to listen to shows like ours that entertain you because nobody knows what the hell we're actually doing. We act like we do. We don't. So find a show that entertains you. If it's not ours, then I don't, you're probably not watching or listening, or if you are, I don't understand it, but find a show that entertains you and then make your picks, man. Be you, because it's incredible. But it does remind me, too, we've talked about this a lot. Uh, ben has written about this in the Chalk Bomb a few times, too, that in these major championships, tough courses, you know, uh, big fields, fading the chalk can pay off a lot. Your five chalkiest players, were Victor Hovland, Daniel Berger, Jordan Spieth, Xander, and Abraham Anser. Those are your top five chalkiest players. None of them finished inside the top 10 in DraftKings points scored. None of them finished inside the top 15 in DraftKings points scored. So, mm, you know, Anser tried. None of, Anser tried. He came close. But none of them really, I mean, if you faded all of them, you would have been fine. They didn't cost you anything. They, they didn't cost you a GPP. They didn't cost you finishing in the top 1% of lineup. So, and it happens in majors a lot. So don't be afraid to fade the chalk. I'm not saying you fade all the chalk all the time, but I'm just saying it's a good reminder when we're building these lineups that in these events like this, it can happen. The U.S. Open coming up, Torrey Pines, it could happen. So there we go. 
I think that's all I got. You got anything else? No, I think that's it. Yeah. John. Uh, shout out Jason Little John won the Nut Hut event. We know Jason. I've met Jason. Uh, good dude. So he has injured himself into the finals in the summer coming up to uh, earn a chance to come to Augusta or Savannah and play golf with me and Pat uh, and have a, have a good weekend. Also, we had some other, we don't do this all the time. We had some great, we had some listeners win some money. Our boy Bill Brower up in uh, New Jersey, good, good friend of the show, also met Bill, won $1,300 on a $20 Corey Connors first round leader bet. Shout out Bill Brower. Uh, and then Carnesio is the DraftKings handle, but he had a TJ avatar, and I'm pretty sure he's a Nut Hut member. Uh, finished fourth in the PME contest to win 2,500. Also notice he finished fifth in the Albatross to win another 1,300. Not sure if he was in any other contest, but Carnesio, Tour Junkies avatar on DraftKings and Nut Hut member, had a great week. Uh, if you're not rocking that Tour Junkies avatar on DraftKings, go to tourjunkies.com and go to download on, there in the menu and download yourself a uh, DraftKings avatar. We would appreciate it. Uh, I do want to give a special thank you real quick to Tim Gaiman Anthony Charter AC, two loyal Nut Hut members um, for running a PGA Championship pool where a bunch, a couple guys won a bunch of money, but uh, better than that, a bunch of Nut Hut members chipped in to, to play the contest. And my wife and I's charity, 28 Bold, where we drill uh, wells in Africa for, for places that don't have clean water. Uh, the, the pool produced a $350 donation to 28 Bold. That's awesome. In September, uh, we're going to Kenya and drilling uh, wells, uh, a well in, in, a, in a place in Kenya and handing out a bunch of water filters for people who don't have clean water either, but they have water. So big shout out to the Nut Hut and especially Tim and AC for running that. I really appreciate that. Um, also, I mean, Pat, you know, I, you and I both had pretty good weeks in DFS. Um, this was your boy right here. FanDuel, baby. Won the $50 single entry on FanDuel. It was a little sweat nice. there towards the end. <clears throat> Um, but, but I did take it down and all, and that, that same lineup finished third in another contest, another single entry, uh, won another 500. So I had a good week that helped uh, basically bring me back to even. So praise the Lord there. Um, yeah. Good week. Good week. Yeah. I, I, I threatened, uh, doing really well in the hundred dollars single entry on DraftKings. ended up finishing in the top 15, which was nice. Uh, so good, good little, uh, profit this week. So I, I'm, I'm, I was happy. Lovely. Um, now. I do want to show a fun video because last week you and I tried to have a bet. We tried to have a listener Ooh, bet. Yes. You were big on Morikawa. I was not, but you wanted to give me a Bryson bet. I wasn't willing to do it because I didn't like Bryson either. Then we tried to go Cantlay. I got scared. Your boy was right about Cantlay, by the way. So long story short, you and I never made a bet. But uh, longtime TJ supporter, long time. I mean, you're going to see here in just a minute. I got a comment. Kyle Sinegi. Um, is his name. He's a Nut Hut member, longtime TJ listener. He gets in the Nut Hut uh, on Tuesday morning, and he's like, Pat, I will take your ranch water bet. I'll take Bryson. He's going to take down Colin Morikawa. Done. And you took the bet, and you won, sir. You have avoided the ranch water shot yet once again. Uh, and yes. Kyle, Kyle agreed that, ah! if, that if he Woo! won, or if he lost, that he would video it and send it to us. So, uh, But first of all, I want to show you a picture of the shot if you're watching on youtube this Ooh, looks look at that disgusting this is what i was telling pat earlier so it's just water and then you put a glob of ranch dressing in there and what happens is it just coagulates into this this formation that looks like an alien or a worm or it just gets real globby it's not the taste that gets you it's the the clumpy it's just disgusting so Kyle, yeah, because if a, you had just like if you didn't have the water and you just put ranch in there, yeah, it wouldn't be it wouldn't look, look all that bad. But yeah, that looks it's disgusting, terrible. All right, so I'm gonna fire this video of Kyle taking the shot. Um, you know, you're gonna notice first of all that he's wearing a TJ T-shirt and a TJ hat, which we really appreciate. The hat. This shows you how long of, how old of a fan he is. This hat we did like five years ago, and Kyle has worn it in every picture I've ever seen of him, and it's raggedy and faded. Uh, the shirt he's wearing is fading. We need to get Kyle some, some more swag, but he's a great guy, loyal supporter. And, uh, here, here's, here's Kyle Sinegi taking a shot. Here we go. What up, Tour Junkies? Sinegi here. I had a ranch water shot bet with Mr. Pat Perry that Bryson DeChambeau would beat Colin Marikawa. And it was looking good going into Sunday. And then Bryson played pretty terrible on Sunday. So got a double shot here. His mama didn't raise a wuss. 
<coughs> That's he took it. He took it pretty well. He took it better than I did when I took it. I gotta say. Um, so shout out Kyle. Appreciate it, man. Also glad to see you're not like uh, you know dig deep in the snow or something because you live up there in like yeah. South Dakota or wherever it is you live. It's somewhere, I'm somewhere way up there. So congratulations. I thought I was gonna be taking that shot. I mean, I was I, I was too. five shots behind going into Sunday. Five shots. Bananas. You're so and, lucky with that damn ranch water shot. Yeah, I'm gonna continue to. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully, I continue to avoid it because I do not want to take that damn thing. I really don't. Uh, I'll tell you what is delicious, and that is something that you and I just got a chance to try recently, Pat, and that is HelloFresh. Now, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of HelloFresh. They advertise on podcasts everywhere, but we did get to try it. They sent us three free meals. It actually hit at the perfect time for yours truly. It hit right before COVID. I got my delivery, and um, it helped my wife, and actually, the flavors were so good, I could taste them, which which was great. They've been named Newsweek's most trusted meal kit company of 2021 with over 4 million households served. There's all kind of meal kit companies out there, but HelloFresh is clearly the best one. You can get better value. HelloFresh is 28% cheaper than shopping at your local grocery store and 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal, and you don't have to sacrifice the quality. Uh, Basically, with HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. So you skip the trips to the grocery, count on HelloFresh, make cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why they're America's number one meal kit. It's easy. They send you all the ingredients portioned out just like you need it. it clear directions, pictures, the whole nine. So, I mean, if you can screw in a light bulb, you can probably handle HelloFresh. Uh, one of the meals they sent me, my favorite meal, was the bulgogi meatballs and pasta. Bulgogi is like mm. a Korean barbecue kind of flavor, I believe. Absolutely delicious. Uh, would would take it if I got a meal if I got a plan delivered to me that was four meals and all four of them were that one I'd be happy. Uh, it was so good. So I cooked it with my wife. It was great. Uh, it was fantastic. So go to hellofresh.com/tourjunkies12. That's uh, tourjunkies12. Use code tourjunkies12 for twelve free meals, including the free shipping. That's hellofresh.com/tourjunkies12 and promo code tourjunkies12. Um, and get yourself a little bit of that America's number one meal kit. Thank you to HelloFresh for hooking us up and sponsoring the podcast. It's good stuff. Go support the show and give HelloFresh a try. All right, Pat, let's get into the course breakdown for Colonial. A course we're very familiar with, 75 years celebrating this event. This is the 75th year. And so we all know about Colonial. We know what's up, but Pat's going to tell us uh, what we need to know. A little more details. Yeah. So. This week, Colonial, great classic course. It is a par 70 playing just over 7,200 yards. We've got T65 and ties will make the cut uh, this year. Uh, 121 players. It is an invitational event, so it is a little bit less uh, as far as the, the field. Typically, typically, we have like 155, 156 players, but a little bit less this year uh, as it's an invitational. You know, this course can play pretty difficult at times, but, you know, it's... And really, uh, you know, the defense on this course is it's it's tree line. You know, you got to hit these fairways. There's a lot of angles into these greens. Like it's not about just bombing it all over this course. You can't just bomb it here. You've got to be able to hit it in the right spots off the tee. And then it's just an approach game after that. I mean, the strokes gain approach is extremely uh, important this week. I think that's probably the number one stat that is, that I'm going to look at. You know, if you're there's a lot of dog legs here. But And we've seen some guys like cut the dog legs in the past, but I don't think you're going to be able to do that this year. I really think that this is just, look, hit it in the fairway off the tee and then be great on approach. And then bent grass greens. You've got to be putting well this week on these bent grass greens. I think that's going to be important. I think it's just going to be, you know, look, it's going to be a putting contest and it's going to be strokes gain approach. That's it. Now, I do think course history is something that's going to play a little bit more of a factor than we typically see uh, on tour this week. I think it's um, it's definitely important on a course that they've played this long. Um, it takes some experience here to play well. Um, but as far as stats for me, course history, I'm looking at form, strokes gain approach, driving accuracy, and a little bit of putting on bent. I- I'll look at that stat as well. Your past champions, we had Daniel Berger in 2020 which is a little bit later uh, because of COVID. So he, it, I think it was the end of June. It was the first June event back first event back from COVID, uh, beginning of yeah. June. When we hit him, by yeah. the way, 70 to 1. Hit him on yeah. the 
And then you had Kevin Na in 2019, Justin Rose in 2018, Kisner in 2017, Jordan Spieth in 2016, and Chris Kirk in 2015. If you notice a trend there, not a whole lot of like absolute bombers, okay? Those are like precision golfers that you're seeing in that in that in those past champions. Okay, so I think that that's something that you're going to want to look at this week. So uh, there you go. That's the uh, quick course breakdown. Love it. Don't have a lot to add. I definitely agree. This is kind of a place where you hear players talk about. Yeah, everybody kind of hits it to the same place off the tee, and then from there, it's about iron play and it's about putting on these big grass greens, like you mentioned. Um, with these tree-lined fairways, if you miss them, you know, you're obviously you don't know what your lie is going to look like, and you don't know if you're going to have a if you're going to have to punch out or you can even get to the green. So, uh, one of the tougher golf courses on the PGA Tour as well. So, um, it's interesting. It's an invitational, only 121 players, so you're going to have obviously a greater percentage of six of six lineups this week. Um, a lot I, of rain, by the way, they're getting uh, yeah. in Texas, and they're getting it early this week, and it looks like it's going to dry out towards the end of the week. But I think this course is going to be playing pretty soft. So I would imagine it'll play a little bit easier uh, unless they get a ton of wind, which yeah. I'm not, I haven't really looked at that yet. I but. did look at Thursday. Thursday looks quite windy, and maybe Friday. So definitely check that. It is Texas. Uh, but Thursday does look quite windy as of the time we're recording this here on Monday night. So I do think that's going to be a thing. If it's windy and it's wet, then I, that's just a premium on precise ball striking because, you know, if, if it's wet, then they're going to have preferred lies in the fairways, lift clean in place. Being in the fairway is going to be a premium. Being able to wipe off your ball, being able to place it, um, control the spin. And then it's about throwing darts. If these greens are soft, it's just going to be about throwing darts. So that's definitely something to watch. Um, as always. So all these picks could be total garbage by the time we get to Wednesday. There could be a weather wave advantage like there was just this past week. We've seen a couple of we've seen a couple of weather wave advantages the last few tournaments uh, between Thursday and Friday. So good reason to be in the nut hut. Good reason to uh, subscribe to the chalk bomb. Uh, get yourself in the nut hut. You know, go to tourjunkies.com. Join us. There's like over 400 something of us in the nut hut. The Wednesday night chat was fantastic last week. In fact, confirmed I did mention Phil in the chat, actually. I think I was a little hammered, but I did mention him, and I, I confirmed that with a couple Nut Hut members this morning. Um, they said they remembered <laughs> that. Uh, I did. I was about to say, how did you confirm that? But luckily, I said, luckily did, people remember things that we say in the chat. Yeah, I asked. Did I, did, did I mention Phil? I feel like I did, and a few people said yes. Um, but anyway, the Nut Hut chat's fun. Go to tourjunkies.com. Go to Golby's Nut Hut. Subscribe. It's only $10 a month. 10 bucks a month. Try it out. If you don't like it, cancel it. No big deal. Uh, or $90 a year to subscribe to the nut hut and you're going to have a community we have a lot of fun it's freaking hilarious in there we talk a lot of golf uh, there's also a baseball channel hockey channel nba channel nfl channel if you do that kind of stuff for dfs you can go check that out it's a good time um so tourjunkies.com sign up for the nut hut let's go and i think with that let's get uh let's get rolling pat i need a refill though i've already gone through my um i've already gone through my stuff here so why don't you wow. start off? Why the, are you not prepared like I am where you have it like right beside you? Because I have so much other stuff right here. I don't have a place to keep everything. Because, okay. you know, I, I do all this extra stuff that you don't do, like, you know, sound effects, and I got ad reads everywhere, and I got all this, you know, machinery everywhere. So I don't have any place to put it. Hey, believe me, I know. I mean, I did the show for a couple of weeks while you were, uh, you know, out, out with COVID. So, I mean. Does somebody want to send me a mini fridge in the mail? I'll put it right here. Somebody yeah. send me a mini fridge. Um, you need to get you a little, a little bar right next door. To you. Anyway, okay, um, you so start you want that. me to start? I and, then, and then I'll just be surprised because I won't be able to hear it. I'll be surprised uh, what you're doing and we'll just go from there. Okay. All right. So, I'm going to start this range, I guess. And I'm going to start... With Colin Morikawa, the guy that won me the bet last week where I didn't have to uh, take a ranch water shot. Uh, but, oh, okay. So, by the way, looking at the range here, you got Jordan Spieth at 11-2. You've got Jason Kokrak at the bottom at 9,000. Um, I'm not going to play Spieth. Well, I say that. I'll probably end up playing Spieth at some point. Uh, who knows what's going to happen during the week. But I don't like Spieth at 11-2. So, I'm not going to play him there. But I do like Colin Morikawa at 10-5. I love him this week. You know, the first time he ever played here was last year. He finished second. And this is a perfect course for Colin Morikawa. You look at ball striking. You look at approach. You look at everything other than putting. 
He is going to check the box for you. I mean, he's number one in the field in ball striking, number one in approach, sixth in driving accuracy, and 77th in putting on bent grass greens. Can you imagine if Kyler Morikawa actually could butt, like, with the best in the world? He, he'd be amazing. He'd be unstoppable with just his, his ball striking and everything else. But I don't care. I'm still going to play him this week. I love him at 10-5. So he will be my top play in this over 9K money or 9K uh, range. And then my next guy is going to be Tony Finau at 9,600. I think I'm going to get a little bit of ownership advantage with Finau because I think Answer is going to be extremely high owned. And I love Answer this week. I love him. Okay. But I think you're going to need to get, if you, if, in a GPP, if you want to have a little bit lower ownership, you're going to have to probably pivot off of him. I like Tony Finau here. He's 13th in the field in ball striking. 11th in strokes gained approach. And he does putt well on, on bent grass greens as far as uh, if you look at the last 100 rounds, he's top 40 in the field. His driving accuracy numbers aren't great, but he is. this is a less than driver course. So I think that when you look at that, you know, and you have um, a guy like Finau who's who's can tend to spray it at times, um, but he gets less than driver. Um, I like him here, and I like where I think the ownership's going to be also. And then I'm going to go with Scotty Scheffler at 9,500. I like him as well. He's 14th in the field in ball striking, 26th in approach, and also pretty accurate off the tee. He's 41st in the field. He's been in pretty good recent form as well. Another guy, I just think that from an ownership standpoint, in this group, I'm going to get uh, a little bit of an advantage with Scheffler because I think Connors right below him is going to be pretty high owned. And just like taking Finau, I think he's going to be a little bit lower owned than Abraham Answer. So Morikawa, Finau, and and uh, Scheffler are going to be about three GPP plays. And then my fade is going to be Jason Kokrak at nine nine thousand. I just don't. I can't. I cannot play Kokrak at nine thousand. I, I don't. I don't like it. I'm just not going to do it. And look, I know he's been in you know pretty good recent form. Definitely a good ball striker. Does spray it all over the place. He's okay on bent grass greens, but it, do, it doesn't matter. I just, I, I'm not going to play Kokrak at 9,000 here. I don't like the price. If he was a little bit cheaper, I might look at him. Uh, so there you go, DB. Well, I'll, uh, I didn't hear all of it, but I did hear the end of it. And I'll go ahead and tell you my fate I have written down here is Jason Kokrak at 9,000. I did feel like uh, the price, I mean, it's close to fair. I don't, I don't think it's quite fair. Um, I think it's a little, I think you're overpaying a little bit there for Kokrak. Uh, he has 20 rounds logged here in the last few years. And in those rounds, he is f- at, at Colonial. He's 59th in the field in ball striking. So that's off the tee and approach play on this course. Clearly, something doesn't quite suit Kokrak's eye at Colonial. And you lose a little bit of the advantage of his distance. That, that's a theme for me that you'll notice is like, I mean, not that I'm not going to play bombers, but it's got to be a special kind of bomber, right? Like if you just feast on the par fives, you only have two here. Uh, one is kind of tough. The other one's a little bit tougher than average, maybe, but a little more doable. Um, you just, you lose a little bit of the, the advantage of the bomber. So I'm out on Coke rack as well. I agree with you there. I, I, I have to play Jordan Spieth. I can't avoid Jordan Spieth. It's 11, two. Mm-hmm. He, he could have easily been 11, five, uh, 11, six here. This is a course that he's just absolutely been lights out he's in lights out form dk could have easily made him 11.5 I, I feel like i'm getting a value at i mean 11-2. they maybe could have but i i don't i just don't like paying that that price for him i think it's a f- perfectly fine price um there's no there's nothing else i need to say about jordan spieth you're in texas at a course he loves at a course he's been i mean i like spieth i just i think like i i don't feel like i can build a great lineup with him in there i just i don't see it like uh, like Casey last week, Spieth is going to be chalk. I'm going to eat, and he is going to be chalky. Um, but I'm I'm going to yeah, he's going to be chalky too. There's I'm going to no have he's low I'm going to have chalk in my mouth. Um, so yeah, and I think there, I think duh, this is the most duh statement ever. There are two ways to do this. <laughs> I I'm going to probably have some studs and duds lineups as you're about to see here in my um in my my nine k and above range. And I'm also going to have some very balanced lineups. Um, but I, I, it was very hard to avoid the, the Spieth lineup, for, the Spieth build for me. By the way, I just noticed in the chat, DJ Johnson won $60,000 on DraftKings. Yes. How about that? Um, shout out DJ Johnson. Crown me, he says. Fowler, Rose, Reed, Cantlay, Finau, and Usti. 
Well, I don't know. If, we can't take credit for all those, but we were on Reed and I was on Cantlay. We were on Finau. Hey, good job, man. Way to, way to go. That's tremendous. Um, also just noticed that Crazy Marcus just gave us $15. Um, I don't know why. I've conspired with an unnamed source to turn this into a donation-a-thon for 28 Bold to help with the next well dig at the end of the year. Light up those super chats for a good cause. Wow. Very nice. Appreciate that, Marcus. Um, uh, and whoever your unnamed source is. Appreciate that in the super chat. That's awesome. Uh, actually, if you really just want to do it, just go to 28bold.com slash donate and just donate straight to 28 Bold. That way, YouTube doesn't take a cut. 28bold.com slash donate. Uh, that'd be cool, too. All right. Uh, Spieth, you're going to notice a theme here. I'm going with the Dallas boys. Spieth, Patrick Reed, give him to me. I'm going to play Patrick Reed. I think a lot of people are going to love Colin Morikawa. I think a lot of people are going to go to uh, Spieth, and I think Reed might be a, one of the guys that kind of gets left out. Tremendous putter on bent grass. Um, played really well on the weekend uh, after just kind of barely sneaking into the cut there. Played great on the weekend to get himself a nice little finish there at the PGA. And then I'm going to go with Wills Altors. Another Dallas kid. I'm just getting $9,900. Like, I mean, it's amazing. The kid's amazing. I feel like he's going to be chalky too. He is. He needs a win. Um, yeah, he is. I, I don't care. I'm playing those guys. Those are my guys. The Dallas okay. boys. All right. All right. Let's a little different thought process there. I, I tried to th- go with oh, who'd you who go I with, thought by the way? I went with Morikawa, who I do think is going to be chalky, but then I went with Finau, and then I went with Scheffler, because I, 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 as I said, I think Finau could be a good pivot off of Answer, and I think Scheffler could be a good pivot off of Corey Connors, who I also think is going to be pretty chalky as well. Okay. All right. Gotcha. 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 All right. Let's look at the 8K range. Uh, the 8K range full of full of some guys. It starts with Justin Rose at 8,900. Uh, then you got you know you got Streelman in there. Well, wow, what a big price jump for him at 83. Streels. You got uh, past champion Kevin Na, Philly Mick, your PGA champion. Uh, high as all get out from his win. Brian Harmon at 8,000. Tringali coming off of a 10 and just completely tanking huh. so many lineups uh, <laughs> at the end of the day on Friday. <laughs> where, the, where the hell is Charlie Hoffman at 87? All right, that's the 8K range. I'll make this... Oh, this is tough. I, I'm having a hard time between three players. My, uh, all right, I'll, my two, I'll give you my two favorite players and then one guy that I really... I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. I mean, Charlie Hoffman is clearly a play here. Plays, plays great in Texas. Uh, striking the ball very well right now. Um, and in his experience here at Colonial, Charlie Hoffman has 24 logged rounds over the past few years. He is fourth in this field in ball striking at Colonial. Charlie loved him some Colonial, okay? Had a good PGA championship um, with his uh, T-17 finish, 18th at the Valspar, 18th at the Heritage, runner-up at Valero, Texas a few weeks ago. I mean, he's his form is tremendous. You could say this might be some of the best golf he's played on the PJ Tour. I mean, listen to his strokes gained approach numbers in his last few events. 8.2 strokes, 6.6, 6, 7.3, 5.5, 4.8. Now, he lost two at the Heritage and still finished 18th. I mean, Charlie Hoffman here is feels like a solid play, a cash play for sure. I like it. And then I'm going to go with a guy who I've been, I've been on for weeks now. I think you have too. We've both, we've both uh, liked him, and it's, it's paid off okay. Matt Wallace. I, I think he disappointed a little bit at the PGA, finishing 55th. Didn't have a great weekend, but you know, made the cut, did his thing. Prior to that, 6th at the Wells, 18th at the Heritage, 3rd at the Valero Texas Open. I love everything that Matt Wallace is doing right now. He's full-time on the PGA Tour right now, and I think he's getting very comfortable Love Matt Wallace here. Those are my two favorites. But I think Tringali is worth looking at. Do you have him written down, or should I elaborate? If you have him written down, you can go ahead. No, I don't have him written down. You can elaborate. I, but I, mean, I think we got to look at Tringali, because everybody's going to be like, ah, oh, he freaking pissed me off, and he, you know, he tanked it. Well, you mentioned the 10. I mentioned the <laughs> 10. He followed it up with, like, double and then another bogey. I mean, he, he, he had a four- or five-hole stretch <laughs> there that was very That's bad. That's called... It's going off the rails. It was the very course. bad. But that was on his front nine that, that, that day, which was, I think, the back nine. Yeah. When he made the turn, he actually finished the, the, the next nine holes. I think he finished under par. He got it together. He gathered himself. He did his thing. 
But like, let's not forget how good Cameron Tringali has been playing prior to that. All year. All, All year. year. He's been one of the most consistent ball strikers, one of the most consistent iron players uh, on the PGA Tour all year. Doesn't matter the strength of field. Doesn't matter. He's been lights out. And, I mean, now he didn't. Uh, God, I guess he missed the cut of the Wells Fargo, too. I didn't, I didn't think about that. It's a bomber's course. It was a weird event. A lot of popular names missed the cut. Part of that, third at yeah. the Valspar. I mean, I even saw, I, I saw in the chat somebody said, you know, Tringali will never win. Okay. He doesn't have to win. That's that all right. He doesn't have to win at 8,100. It doesn't matter. He doesn't have to win. Since the start of this season in September, he has four top tens, including two T3s. Um, and he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight top 25s since, since 2021 start, since that season That's started. That's pretty damn good. That's I, pretty damn good. I think it's a very interesting GPP play because I think people are going to potentially pivot off of him. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's my two cents there. My fade is Kevin Strillman. You can't play, you can't play the hype on Kevin Strillman. The price is way too high. I, he should be 7,900 or 7,700 maybe. I, I just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get caught up in it. It is a course that fits him well. I don't mind Streelman, I guess. I just feel like it's overvalued. Um, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that fade. Um, we're we're going to make this uh, quick here in the 8K range because my two plays were your two plays, uh, Charlie Hoffman and yeah. Wallace. So I knew you'd have I don't need to ela- I don't need to elaborate anymore on both of those guys. I love them. I love some Hoff. I mean, and uh, I mean, he's just been playing so well lately. I think this is a great course fit for him. Uh, same with Matt Wallace, even though he did miss the cut the first time he played here last year. But I, I'm not really going to put it you know, too much into that. I like him this week. My fate's going to be Ryan Palmer at 8,600. Um, you know, he is a Texas guy. And we always, every time we're in Texas, we, we got it, or in California yeah. or something, we always got to talk about the Texas guy or the California guy or whatever else. I mean, he's got... It, it, he, he's he's kind of been hit or miss here. He missed the cut last year, but then topped him before that, but then missed the cut in 2018, T70 in 2017, and then a T3 in 2016. So he's kind of been, you know, pretty pretty spotty here. You look at his form, hadn't been that great lately. You know, missed the cut last week at the PGA, T47 at the Byron Nelson, T63 at the Valspar. You need a lot better than that out of God 8600. So I just I'm just not a, a fan of him this week. I don't know where his ownership's going to be. I don't like his approach numbers. He's 65th in the field. You know, you look at driving accuracy, he's right in the middle here, 64th. You know, he's 81st in good drives gained, which is a proprietary stat we always talk about uh, at Fantasy National. So I'm out on Ryan Palmer this week. Not, and he doesn't typically putt well on, on uh, bent grass greens either. He's 115th in the field putting on bent grass. You know who does putt well on bent grass greens, Pat, that we haven't talked about yet that we probably should is Phil Mickelson. What are we going to do with Phil Mickelson? Now, he obviously gets a massive price increase, but if you've, read some, uh, if you've read some headlines, if you've been on Twitter at all, it's well documented that apparently uh, just before the PGA, like literally at dinner at some point last week, I think it was, uh, told, told his brother Tim and some other family that was there that he has figured something out and that he was going to, that he basically called the shot at the PGA. Um, now, it's only been substantiated by family members because that was all that was there, but apparently Phil has kind of rejuvenated something and has kind of got a, I don't know, he's, 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 taken a, he's taken a Roman and he's got an erection he can't get rid of and he's just going to keep pounding like a, like a <laughs> stallion. No free ads for Roman, but free ad. Um, what, what are we going to do? Like, it's, it is a price jump, number one. It's obviously not a, necessarily a bomber's like track. You need to be accurate, but like, it ain't like he... I mean, he, he was not bad off the tee. Like, what are we going to do with Phil? I don't, I'm probably not going to play him. I mean, I, I just... I don't, I don't blame you if you do want to play him, but... Actually, I just looked I, at something. Shocking, because uh, you think about some of his wins. Obviously, his record at Augusta on pure bent grass greens. But over the last 75 rounds, he is 98th in the field in strokes gained putting on the last 75 rounds on bent grass. That's a lot. That's way back, like history, big look. Who's really He's been... 99th over 100. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm so. probably out too, but I think it's something we got to talk about. All right. 
7K range, Pat. Who you got? Three names you want to plant your flag on in tournaments and then a fade. Okay, so I... This is tough. I'm getting tough cra- range. I'm getting crazy this week, DB. I, I really mm, am. I like I'm. It. I'm just. I'm. I'm coming up with names that I haven't come up with in a while. Right. Yeah. I'll and I'm going to start at the top here at 7900. And mm. I'm. Ho- I hope that I can maybe convince you of this guy. I think you can. But we got. We got. We got Brant Snedeker at 7900 at the very top. Yeah. And then we got Camilo Vajegas at the very bottom at 7400. I don't know about that one. Uh-huh. I am going to play some Brant Snedeker. It's 7,900, okay? Now, look, let's talk about it a little bit here. Okay. All right? Okay. Snets has actually been pretty good recently. You look at his last few finishes. T17 at the Byron Nelson. T11 at the Valspar. Won the Zurich. T... Who? He won the Zurich. Or no, he didn't win the Zurich. He finished like top five or top ten or something. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, he won the Zurich. Sorry, no. Leishman and, <laughs> Leishman and Cam Smith won the Zurich. Okay, yeah. So... I mean, Sneds is not a bad option this week. And then you look at his course history here. Very good course history. He's made his last four cuts playing here. Did not play last year. Top 20 in 2019. Had another top 20 back in 2016. I think this is one of those courses where a guy like Sneds can play well on. I mean, you look at the stats also. I mean, those have been pretty good also. 28th in the field in strokes gained approach. He's fifth in the field in putting on bent. And we know he always typically puts really well on bent grass greens. He's a good putter in general. Um, he's a pretty accurate driver of the ball. So Snedeker at 7,900, I think is in play, and I think he will be certainly low-owned. So I like him this week at 7,900. Any comments on that, DB, before I... I actually have him written down here as a potential name. So I, I, I'm I buying it. I'm, I'm, I'm buying Snedeker. Yes, I think I am. I'm not going to okay. buy Chalky Snedeker. If he gets up there, I'm not buying him. But I... I no, no, no. If we get chalky sneds, I'm not, I'm not playing them. Uh, another guy I like, Chris Kirk. He is uh, at 7,600. I like him as well. He has won this tournament before back in 2015, I believe. Um, 22nd in the field in ball striking, 30th in strokes gained approach. Very accurate driver of the ball. Um, you know, I think that Chris Kirk makes a whole lot of sense. Now, his, his, his uh, form has been kind of spotty lately. Um, he was a guy that was, you know, everybody wanted to talk about really pretty much leading up to the Valspar um, a few weeks ago where he missed a cut and he's missed his last two cuts. Before that, he finished T7 at the RBC Heritage, missed a cut last week at the PGA. I think on a course that is not suited for his game at all. Um, so I like Chris Kirk a lot this week and maybe we'll get a little bit lower ownership since he has missed his last two cuts. And then I'm going with Joel Damon at 7,400. I think this is a good, good fit for him as well. I mean, now he could be, we could get chalky Joel. We'll see. Um, but, he, you know, he had a, a pretty good week last week. I think all yeah. things considered. Had, had a few bad holes, but before that had a top 20 at the Wells Fargo. His game is trending in the right direction. He's obviously won this year as well. Um, I think Joel makes a whole lot of sense here at 7,400. Um, has two top, he's played here three times. Miss a cut once, the other two top 20 finishes. So I like Joel Damon at 7,400. My fade, Siwoo. It's not a Siwoo week. I'm sorry. All you Siwoo lovers out there, I just I cannot play some Siwoo. Kim has terrible course history here. Uh, it's just been awful. I think he's missed four out of his, like he's played the last five years. He's played every single year. He's made the cut once with the T66 uh, finish. So I'm out on Siwoo this week. Uh, not going to play him. It's uh, if you're in the, if you're in the Nut Hut, you probably understand this uh, inside joke, but it's because he's a big fan of those Dallas girls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he has some, some extracurricular activities. Yeah, yeah, yeah When yeah. he gets to Texas, uh, he likes them in Texas. God bless Texas with his own hands. You know what I mean? He really disappointed me last week when he trunk slammed. That was very bad. All right. Uh, you know, a lot of people know Pat needed to get in shape. You know, a lot of people know that. We've been talking about that. It's been mm-hmm. it's well documented Pat needs to get in shape. So he went searching for kind of a different workout program he could do from home on his time that would help him get in shape for all those rounds of golf he wants to play, you know, this summer at his gated community golf course. So he came across Golf Forever, and Golf Forever hooked us up. Uh, they basically assigned Pat new workouts, exercises each day, and it's great because he doesn't really know what to do other than that. So the workouts can easily be done at home. They give him all the guidance, minimal equipment, and he doesn't have to leave his living room 
and he doesn't have to have access to an expensive gym or have a gym membership. So if you are looking to get in better shape or just want to improve the way you feel during and after a round, check out Golf Forever at golfforever.com and enter promo code TOUR99 to get Golf Forever for just $99 for the year. Not for the month, the year, which is a $51 savings because you are a tour junkie. That is tour99 uh, at golfforever.com. Feel the results for yourself. They were co-created by major champion Justin Leonard, um, Dr. Troy Van Beeson, who works with five players ranked inside the top 30 world golf ranking, and Pat. And the Golf Forever app delivers recommended daily exercise routines and a library of over 500 videos to search for if you just want to do your own thing. So uh, check it out. That's uh, golfforever.com, promo code TOUR99 to save $51 on the yearly plan. Um, all right, 7K range for me, Pat. I agree with you on Joel Damon. I had that one written down. I'm, I'm buying Joel here. Uh, hitting fairways, ball striking's been good here. And, you know, he didn't finish great at the PJ, but he made a good bit of birdies. Like, DraftKings scoring-wise, he outperformed. Uh, I think he, I think he remains a good value at 7,400. Like, I mean, head to head, I'd rather have I'd I'd rather have Joel than Kevin Streelman right now. But I mean, you get a tremendous value. So, uh, dropping down a little bit, I like Matt Naismith at seventy three hundred dollars. Mm. I'm gonna jump on the Matt Naismith train. In the last twenty four rounds, sixteenth in strokes gained approach, twentieth in fairways gained. Those are very important this week. He's 50th in the field in strokes gained putting on bent grass in his PGA Tour career. Limited sample size, I'll give you that. Uh, very, very limited sample size. But, um, you know, played here for the first time last year, finished T49. But, I mean, you know, Naismith's, Naismith's a baller. He's a ball striker, and he's doing his thing. His uh, recent form, where the hell is he? Uh, 58th at the Wells Fargo, 21st at the Valspar. You know, he's had some decent finishes. I think he's good for a top 20, top 15. I think he's a good, interesting value. I think he'll get him at like 5% ownership, maybe less. After that, I'm going to get a little weird on you. You know, you went Brant Snedeker, Pat. I'm going to get a little mm-hmm. weird. Mm. I'm going to go with another older guy, old guy. I feel like I know where you're going. It's, it's old guy season. It's, Can I guess? It's saggy, wrinkly ball season. Who? Coocher. Yes. I'm going that Coocher. <laughs> 41st strokes gain approach over the last 24 rounds. Uh, obviously, he hits a bunch of fairways. Putts well on bent grass. Scrambling's pretty good. And if you look at Kuchar's performance here over the last tw- in 24 rounds at Colonial, he is 16th in the field in ball striking at Colonial. Tia Green, Kuchar loves this place. By the way, at Colonial, also over his last 24 rounds at Colonial, he's 8th in the field in putting, so he also loves these greens. Um, feels like he can put them well. And I mean, Cooch has sh- shown some form. 17th at the Byron Nelson, also in Texas. 18th at the Heritage. Very similar golf course to this. I mean, miss a cut of the PJ, but I don't care. Like, PJ has nothing for Matt Cooch. He has, no- it has nothing for him. So I think Cooch is very interesting. So Cooch, Damon, and Naismith for me. Do you think so? We, we talk about uh, in the fall. You know, we have long shot season, mm-hmm. and I think this is a, this is a season mm. that nobody wants to talk about. But are we in old guy season? <laughs> are we in old old man season right now? Do we need do we need some like? I mean, you did a jacket for long shot season. What what <laughs> what? Like, do we need some bucket hats we need, for old guy season? Like, what need, do we need for like? We need bucket hats like really wrinkly, sh- sh- like uh, you know, shrivelly balls. Um, yeah. It may be. It may be old guy season. Um, it may be. I, I could get down with that. As I'm perusing the seventy, the, the seven K range, I see Peter Uline at seventy five hundred, and I just go, "What?" And I get that he's, you know, he's played okay, but I'm out on Peter Uline. He doesn't do. He doesn't. He's not a ball striker. He's he's just not. Um, he's a he hits it a long way. He's kind of a bomber. So he he's kind of, played well here in the past. I get is, it. Like, I, I don't know. That's probably where you're seeing. I mean, he's finished top fifteen but, two but, year, two years in a row, and he's been in pretty good form. He has. I mean, the, he's been in, the, the the names around him at seventy five. It just feels weird. Like, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get the Peter Ulan love. I'm out. So he's my fave. I'd probably play him Book over it. Sergio. I don't think I would. I actually think I'd play Sergio over him. All right, six K range. Let's hit it real quick. Um. All right, six K range. I like Maverick McNeely. He scares me. 
Like Maverick McNeely is a perfect six K range player. And if you look at his if you look at his performance, you'll see why. It's like miscut top ten. Miscut top ten. Miscut top ten. And you know, his iron play is the worst part of his game, but he hits fairways um and he puts the lights out of it. But he's got just tremendous upside. Like I truly believe Maverick McNeely has the chops to win a PJ Tour event. Is it this event? Probably not, but it I mean, I think he could top 10. I think he's got that kind of upside. I think he's a great 6K player for that reason. Um, I like Adam Schink down there at 6,500. Mm. The approach play is good. The putting is good. If he can hit a few extra fairways, I like it. Um, you know, his upside is probably a top 25, top 30, but I do think uh, Adam Schink has some potential as well. It's very hard for me to scroll past Vincent Whaley's name, but I'm going to make myself do it. Vincent Whaley is a bomber. He does not hit a lot of fairways. You kind of, yeah, although, but it's still, his name is very tempting. He's doing very good. Uh, I guess I'll go with Michael Thompson as my last pick. Old, you know, kind of an older guy. He doesn't, maybe he's not quite as old as Cooch, but he looks old and his name sounds old. He's been on tour for a long time and he hits it straight and short. So I feel like he's an old guy. Um, straight and short, good putter, good around the greens. Michael Thompson, 6,600, just feels like a made cut. So if you want to stack some big names up top, Come down here to Michael Thompson, click the name, and it feels like a make cut, especially in a field where you're going to get a higher percentage of six to six. So there you go. Yeah, I, you know, oh, he's thirty six. Rank- Michael Thompson's thirty six. Are you kidding? Are you kidding me? Is that real? Mate, check another website just to make sure. If he's yeah, thirty, I'm, I'm older than Michael Thompson. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't think Michael Thompson's as old as I'm you. Taking, think he I'm is. taking a drink on that one. But I do like Michael Thompson this week. I, I was kind of surprised that you if just you, mentioned If him, you're 36 I, and you can't hit it past 270 and you're on the PJ Tour, I don't understand. It's not all about distance, DB. I mean, come on. He's 36. He just, he just won a damn golf tournament like last year. Oh. Um, you know, it's hard to find a lot of guys in the 6K range in this field because it's it. an invitational that have a lot of uh, – um, I guess you'd think they'd have more form, but it, I, I don't know how. I, don't, I still yeah. don't even understand, like how you, like what what is the uh, the status here for the Invitational? Yeah. But um, either way, if you look at the six K so, range, some of these the guys, is, some of these guys have nude pictures of the tournament director. I'm pretty sure. I, I guess because the form is not like very consistent or great in the six K range. Um, but I'll start with Tom Hoagie at sixty eight hundred. I like him this week. Um, you know, he has had a lot of experience here, made three of his last four cuts on uh, this uh, on this course. Um, you look at him, he's kind of he's always a guy that has sort of spotty history. He missed three straight cuts before making the cut last week at the PGA Championship, but then had a top 25 at the RBC Heritage. I just think this is a good course fit for Hoagie. Um, so I like him at 6,800. And then Henrik Stenson at 6,700. Another guy. Old another guy, guy season. Like, Old guy, I guess, old guy season. I mean, he's made his last three cuts. You know, it wasn't great, but a T64 at the PGA, T63 at Valspar, T38 at the Masters. You know, this is a course that I think Stinson can play well on. I mean, he's a guy that hardly ever hits driver off the tee anyway, so he doesn't have to do that. Um, you know, I think that now he hasn't played here a lot. As a matter of fact, I don't think he's played here in the last five years. Um, but I do like Sensen. I think that he can, uh, you know, you're getting him in at 6,700 on DraftKings. I like that price. You look at his ball striking. Uh, well, not necessarily, well, but his approach numbers are good at 42nd in the field, 15th in the field at drive in driving accuracy. No, it's not bad. Um, so hey, I think you could do worse than Stinson. While we're on old guy season, maybe that's another another comment in the YouTube. You know, if you if you if you didn't have a take on Brooks earlier. Um, who is the next old guy to win a golf tournament on the PGA Tour? Next old guy to win on the PGA Tour, call it right now. Call it. What are you? What is your gonna? What is your age limit on there? No, because I, I'm not because for you. I think like you think a guy that is is 39 years old, 39 and a half years old is is like should get their 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 you know AARP card or something like you. you you think old people if, if, are if are very like young people are old to you. Young you, people are old. If you're 39 on the PJ Tour and you can't hit it past 270, you eat prunes for breakfast. You, that's just what you do. So yes, I would consider you old. If that if that if that is the person that is old. I can't wait until you're like 
you're 40, and I could just talk about how old you are. Dude, I'm going to have a banger of a party when I'm 40, by the way. Absolute banger. By the way, shout out to Dylan Hess for the donation. Um, it was at a six-year-old's baseball game. He just joined us. Appreciate it. Dylan. Also, very avid member of the Nut Hut. Very, uh, very funny guy there, uh, the old Dylan. Anyway, uh, yes. Um, next old guy to win a golf tournament. Put that in the comments. If you're watching live, do it after the show ends. Very interested in that. All right, is that all your 6K? That's all I got. Fantastic stuff. We appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We're going to go do the betting show now, and the tequila is hitting you, boy. It's going to be a good time. I'm going to talk about a few names I have not mentioned yet because in the betting market, things look a little different. You know what I mean? So I'm Mm -hmm. going to do that. We're going to have the betting show. It's going to be fun. Uh, Go ahead and subscribe to the show on Apple, Spotify, whatever you're listening to. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. Hit the thumbs up. Yeah, look. Be like Phil. Look at that. Phil gave you all the thumbs you'd ever need, right? Give us yeah. some, give us a thumb on YouTube. Give us a thumb, but also give us a con, a comment and tell your friends. Spread the TJ gospel. That's what you need to do. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. if you spread the TJ gospel. We become full time, and if we become full time, we do more and more and more and more and more content. You get more of us. So if you like us, why would you not do that? You get more of us. We'll be doing videos all the time. You need Pat full time. TJ is what you need. You need that in your life. Mm-hmm. Trust me. God, can you imagine? Check out the Fantasy Golf Sommelier video that comes out. Subscribe to the Chalk Bomb, tourjunkies.com. Go to the bottom right of any page. Subscribe to the Chalk Bomb email for free. And join the Nut Hut. Thanks, fam. Appreciate it. Have a great week, and may your screens be green. See ya! Out!